Hello, this is Darla Delane of She's CEO. And um, today's training, um, I'm going to, I'm doing a little bit something different just because I um, was, used this myself yesterday in this, well, this morning. Uh, I listened to a, um, an interview that one of my clients did with someone yesterday and brought up a bunch of stuff that I had no idea was sitting there and had just literally been running my life in a way that was not being real helpful. So I have decided I sat there this morning and I was like, how do I want to really work through this? How can I move ahead? This has been holding me back. I wasn't even aware. And now that I am, what do I want to do with it that's most helpful? So um, I'm going to be reading some because I just kind of made this up today as I did it and wanted to, you know, basically share it with you guys. So what came to me, the first thing I wrote when I was um, listening to this and kind of realizing my own um, memory uh, was the silence of suffering, the unnecessary choice to allow having. And I realized that that's what I had been doing. And basically this suffering creates resistance and blocks and it makes it harder. It doesn't mean you aren't going to have Remember, we have and receive through the path of least resistance. So it does create a path of least resistance. And in those paths, I got even clearer on the truth that we have the power to create the path we want. And um, that so much of our path of least resistance is a byproduct of belief systems we haven't even explored um, and that that were born out of literal survival in some cases um, and and our brain's perception of survival in all cases. So what I was realizing was that this choosing to suffer um, comes from, a belief system around earning, around an exchange, you know, the, the deal with God that people talk about a lot. You know, I made a deal with God. If you'll give me this, I'll do this. That there's some exchange in our, our experience, the, the, what, what the conditions are in our life. Uh, it's also wrapped up in worthiness and deserving. Am I worthy of this? Do I deserve it? Um, uh, which is, of course, all this, you know, judgment pieces. And it is basically our own created construct of an algebraic system of, of worthiness and exchange to allow ourselves that path of least resistance. So kudos to all of us for allowing ourselves to have what we want when we have it, and also an opportunity to begin looking at more specifically the path it got here. 
and what was the path of least resistance? What is the path of least resistance right now? And what can I do, do about that? So the only path of allowing in what you've created, what you said you wanted, what has been created in that world of abundance, allowing love, appreciation, positive, high vibration energy, pull, attracting matter together is that it gets there through the path that has the least resistance to it. So you have multiple paths, right? It can get here this way or that way, you know, by this means or this means, but the way it drops in first is the one that has the least resistance. Think of the least resistance as the weakest, <laughs> the weakest board of that gate you have hammered um, into place to prevent yourself from having what you want. And wherever the weakest board is, that's where it will pop through. Wherever the 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 first opening is, wherever the the largest opening is, that's how it will pop in. So we all have little openings here and there that are healthy. When I say that, anytime I say healthy, talking about emotional health and physical health, energetic health, it's always from a place of knowing the truth is that all is well. And knowing that truth and being in an all is well, your body then creates uh, whatever hormones and chemical and chemical reactions happen, energy attracts, uh, all that comes from in a place of abundance, love, appreciation, right? So that's what I call healthy because that is the place of well-being, all right, is remembering all as well. That's our well-being. We are being well when we are in that space. And how do we know for there? You can check in and see how you're feeling. If you're feeling calm and content or better, you're in the space of well-being. And so whatever you're allowing in is coming through a space of well-being. When you are not feeling that way, you've shut down all the well-being and you're allowing from a place of not well, unwell, not right, uh, of a place of fear, judgment, duality, this false space where there is earning and exchange and worthiness and proof and deserving because that doesn't exist up in the space of well-being. It, 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 it just is. You have all you want. That is, you know, that is what you have. You just have it. You don't have to do anything to get it. It is, it is just there. The only thing that you can be aware of is where you're allowing it in by what, what size path and in what energetic way, right? So the path, the only path of allowing is the path of the least resistance. And if that path of least resistance is, if I suffer, I get to have it. And only by suffering is it allowed. Then that is how it'll come in. And for me, with what I was listening to yesterday, it had, had to do with um, being a mother and having children and what my, um, my, pelvic and, and lower gastrointestinal and all of my pelvic area has gone through in the cause of me allowing myself to have children and what had occurred with all of that and surgeries I've had and all kinds of things that have happened to my body um, there. And um, in that, I realized that I had made a deal 
with myself and I made a belief system that um, I was only going to get to have this dream of being a mother with, um, you know, several children and being able to do that if I had the badge of suffering attached to it. That made me, that made it even more. I go around, yeah, I had four, you know, I had four children. I had three, um, I've had five pregnancies, but I've had three children and then I adopted my daughter. And so in that, even in the adoption process, there had to be suffering involved. So I just, that just really hit me today and what all I have um, sacrificed in, in that allowing and, and the knowledge that I'm not going to make any of that wrong. However, there, there's a, there was a different belief I could have had and still gotten to have that. So what I realized was as I was listening and beginning to kind of process what came up with, as she was talking about the different things that can happen to women that we just suffer in silence because it's women and we carry this badge of honor of suffering. Oh, who suffered more? You know, oh, they, they get a bigger place of honor if they've suffered more in some way is a, um, a very gender specific um, cultural belief passed down. Uh, men do not compare themselves by who has suffered more. That is not who gets the best. Um, that's not who goes to the top. Um, this is a, um, because it's, it, it's in almost every single culture on this planet, um, in that if we can make women believe that suffering's a good thing, that they are honored for their suffering, then we can make them do anything and we have control. And that becomes that beginning of that. And um, this piece of that it's something to be proud of, all of our suffering is passed down through religious ideologies, it's passed down through family, it's passed down in all, in all ways. And what I realized as I was listening was all of a sudden, these memories came back to me. And I noticed because I was in this investigative space, I noticed how they were coming back and what was happening to my body. I was bursting into tears. I was getting angry. I was like, within minutes, like running through this range of emotions and nothing had happened to me. I was sitting out on my deck in a beautiful day. <laughs> it's a gorgeous day. I have a beautiful spot. And all of a sudden, all this is happening to my body. I just flooded myself with stress hormone, made myself sad. I ended up going inside, not being super nice to my daughter who's here to visit leaving today. Right. It's like it, it just, it created a, a, a way of me then acting through that space. And it was only through a memory. And that's what got me thinking about memories and, and kind of looking at it. So a memory is you have sensory memories, smells, sounds, those kind of pieces that'll, that will bring you back to a moment in the past. You have short-term and long-term memory in your brain that is, that is um, storing data but that data is not what I'll call clean data. That data is data put in there through the perception of your emotion at that time. 
that's how that data is stored. It's not stored, um, everybody's data is not stored the same. It's stored based on the emotion you were having when that happened. So you have data, short-term and long-term data stored in your brain. You have muscle memory. You have um, memory in your body. Um, the speaker was talking about the fascia and the, the nerves and the, you know, this piece of our body that holds memory. You have memory in organs. You have scars on your skin and scars in your body that hold memory. And um, things like uh, a spasm becomes a memory. Like if it spasmed there once, it remembers and it's easier to spasm there again. Things like um, reactions to specific um, physical um, things can, can trigger a physical thing happening. Migraines are basically a memory of, oh, we do this when you're stressed or, oh, we do this when you've changed your diet or, oh, we do this when, you know, you didn't get any sleep. You know, it's a, it's basically a memory of how it works. And I know that to be true because I don't have them anymore because I did a process in which the neurofeedback basically regenerated, rechanged just the energetic impulses there. And so it kind of erased that memory of this is what we do when you're stressed. It, it just kind of got rid of it. So these memories are held in our, in our body. And when we have a sense or when we have a, we see something with our eye or hear something, um, whenever these things happen, then the brain goes to the folders that hold the shorter long-term memory or the muscle memory or wherever that is. And that reaction occurs even if the actual thing that caused that in the first place is not even happening. And this is where these, these pieces of the past drop into your now and it's not happening. So what's the purpose and the point of memory? What is the purpose of it? Why do we even have it? Why can't it be, you know, this kind of like, you know, 50 dates and that the movie with Drew Barrymore, where she wakes up every day and it's all brand new. Not everything is brand new. She has some memory, but the day's brand new. Why don't, why didn't it do like that? Well, it serves us to remember how to walk every day. If we had to wake up and remember that, that wouldn't be very helpful. We remember how to do so many things that are helpful for us moving forward. We have information stored that is helpful to remember. You know, once we learn that when you step in the middle of the street, all cars do not stop, then you don't just step in the middle of the street without looking for a car and you don't even have to think about it. So there are memories that do that. There's also memories stored that help you move ahead. When you have memories that were locked in from an abundant space, then even if things are bad, the condition is looks bad at the moment, you can feel great thinking about this other memory, that's a pivoting um, tool that can really help you. So memory is not bad. Uh, muscle memory is not bad. These, these pieces that we have of memory are not bad. It is either helpful for your well-being or it is not helpful for your well-being. It is either an open door to you receiving your uh, what, you're, what you're wanting in a way that is uh, in abundance and above the line and in, in your well-being or receiving what you want through a path of least resistance that is below the line. It doesn't feel good, right? So basically memory, the whole definition of memory is it is in the past. 
It's in the past. The whole thing about memory is it's not happening right now. It is in the past. Now, there may be a condition that looks similar. There may be a condition that looks even exactly the same. But the memory that comes up is based on your perception of it in the past. So the whole point of memory is the past. So the whole point of memory is it's gone. It's over. It's not happening now. It's not happening in the future. It is therefore created by a perception and a perception is changeable because you're the one that created the perception of it. And that's when it was like, oh my gosh, like this becomes this thing of this memory I had of the pain or the sadness or the sorrow or the whatever, or the, I can't have this without this exchange, I can change it. That's my power. So if the memory keeps the past, it keeps the past in the now. It makes the trauma feel like it's happening right now. It makes uh, some any sensory thing happen, trigger a feeling from something that happened in the past. It also guides our patterns. So if we pat, if we pattern stress, let's say you re, you respond to stress by fight, then it will it will continue this pattern of just fighting when there's nothing really to be fighting. It, if yours is to flight, um, like to procrastinate, to avoid, then it'll just continue that pattern when there's not anything there actually that you need to avoid. If it is to freeze and just stay stuck where you are, if that's what you do when real stress happens, then, then you'll do that when there's not really anything in front of you that is stressful. And so it's patterning. And so we are literally acting without thinking. We are acting from past data. It's just past data. We are not taking a moment to be aware of the truth of the, of the now. And we are living in the past. That was kind of the point. I remember when I, the first time I read The Power Is Now by Eckhart Tolle, it just flipped me the heck out in this world of possibility because for the first time, I really understood now and what that, what that is. Like even the beginning of me talking to you about this is in the past. <laughs> so now, right now I'm talking. Um, so it was really, really interesting that holding, I realized holding on to the memory in the perception I had before was literally recreating more of that, right? And I want my memory, whatever it is, my perceptions, I want that to work for my allowing instead of working against my allowing. I want my path of least resistance to come from abundance rather than to come from lack. I want my easiest way for it to happen to come from a space of appreciation rather than a space of judgment or comparison or, you know, blame or shame or guilt, right? I don't want to receive something through guilt if I could receive it through happiness, like, and it's my choice. That, that then it throws out the victim archetype. There's no such thing. It completely throws it out. In that, there are moments in our lives where we physically can't control what is happening in the moment. 
And still yet afterwards, we can then change our perception. But most of us are not living like that. I just want to say that because there are some people that are. Most of us are not living in it right now. But we are recreating it and living in it over and over and over again every day by our patterning and and what it's doing to us and, and remembering it and thinking about it in that way. So I came up with a couple of things as I was journaling about it and kind of getting it out and having my realizations. I came up with some things that some of them are kind of truths and some of them are steps. So here we go. So the first is release and retrain. Release and retrain. So releasing the past can happen in the truth, just by reminding myself that it's not happening right now. If it's not happening right now, then I can just say to myself, it's not happening right now. This part of my body can begin working again because what happened to it that caused it its problem before is not happening right now. And I can say that when I notice, let's say a pain in my knee when I'm walking, I can say, oh, that fall I had that caused that pain years ago is not happening right now. So I can, just by saying it's not happening right now, my brain, my brain can begin to now investigate truth and allow more healing. In saying retraining it, it is thinking these thoughts in a higher vibration. So it is releasing with the trap with the truth and retraining my brain to look for what the truth is. So it's asking that question. It's kind of like the loving what is Byron Katie's whole piece is, you know, what's really happening right now is just what's happening right now. It's not what's happened before. It's not what's going to happen after. It is what's happening now and judging it in anything other than just data or facts can be working against you. And so release and retrain. The second one is rewash and rewrite. You get to rewrite your story. And I've done this some. I have taken um, my, I've been married twice and I've taken both of those stories that I used to tell. And I washed it in my perception of those relationships in abundance, rather than what my perception was in lack, lack of whatever it was, whatever wasn't working in the relationship, right? I didn't have this, this wasn't happening. I didn't have this, this isn't happening, right? So if I look at the exact same relationship and I say, and I wash it from the lack, right? And I rewrite it in abundance, I can say in that relationship, what did I have a lot of? What was abundant there? What did, what was something that I would love even more of? And so in that, I rewritten the story in my memory. The more I say it, that goes back to the first one. It's kind of like the retraining myself to say the story in that way literally gives me that retraining piece. So anything that has happened, anything that has happened that has a lack story to it, not enough this, didn't have this, this was bad, 
it, at A, it gave you clarity on what you did want. So that was awesome. But if you look at that specific situation, where was there abundance in that situation? Let's say you had a, a car accident and there was a lot of pain, but what, what maybe, maybe the ambulance got there super fast. Maybe there were people that, that came and helped that you didn't even know were friends, or maybe you were, you got right to the emergency room, right? When there was plenty of like the best doctor was there. You're like, look for where the abundance is in the story. Well, you didn't die. There you go. I mean, if you're still here, your, your abundance is you got an abundance of life still. And it's like, wow, like strength. Maybe you get, maybe this like, wow, look how strong I was. That was happening. And I had so much strength that was happening. And I had so much this, and I'm not just talking about big, huge, major traumas here. I'm talking about more likely the little things. The things I, when I'm talking to my private clients and they'll say, well, I, you know, I never get, I never do this, but this is like, you never do that. Well, I'm really bad at this. You're really bad at that. It's like, when I ask them the question, they'll kind of laugh and go, well, not really. It's a story they've been telling. Um, it's hard for me to make money. It's hard for me to do this. Um, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too big. I'm too little. You know, I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm not enough this. I'm not enough that. Those little stories that you tell, you can rewash it in abundance. Where is the abundance in that particular topic? And now you get to rewrite it. Uh, these pieces that you're saying, I'm bad about this. You know, like, well, are you really? Like, can you see places where you've done, been really good at it? Oh, yeah. So that's not even true. So what is it? Um, I may not say I'm great at it, but I'm certainly not bad. I could say I'm good at it. I've got lots of experience with it. You know, what? where's the abundance in it? So you want to wash it. Like you take, take the memory and wash it of the perception. Just clean it, bleach the perception out. Then color it with the perception you want which is one common content and above. And then rewrite it. I highly suggest you physically write it. Uh, that is such a strong thing. I just did that. That's what I did this morning was rewrite the story. Um, and thirdly, regenerate and renew. So I am just always obsessed with hearing stories about things that our bodies can do that we don't, we're not taught that they can do. We don't know they can do. And it's you know, this thing about most of the cells in your body have literally completely regenerated after seven years. So why is that scar still here? My big question lately is why do I still have a monthly cycle when I have no estrogen or progesterone? Why do I do that? Well, why is the week before when I used to have my cycle, why do I crave this and do this? I firmly believe it's a pattern, a habit in my body. It is a body memory. Um, and I am out to change that. Like I got to have, you know, I want to look at the abundance of menopause. What is the abundance in that? What is the, what is the well-being in that? You know, we can think of some obvious things, but what else is there in that, that I can re regenerate and rewrite? Like, why is this every time these cells coming up, why are they coming up with the old memory in there? 
I don't need that. If I renew it and rewrite it, then I can regenerate. And that's also in thoughts, right? You can create and lock in the truth by practicing this new story, the new perception, because you, you chose the old perception. So you get to choose the new perception. So I'm going to rewrite that one and practice it and enjoy it and create momentum of that. That renews and then the momentum does what? It regenerates it. So the momentum is what you need to give you that crazy exponential power of energy behind what it is you're doing. And then last, the reality, the reality of recreation. So what have you already asked for? And it's happened that you've been ignoring or blocking. What's already sitting there in front of you that you're saying you don't have when you do have it? Just if you perceived it a little different. So it's the, you have recreated in reality of your condition, what you want. And what is there that you've already asked for that has already come in through a path of least resistance that you haven't even been noticing because you are so hooked back over here and perceiving that it's not there. Um, this happens to people with money all the time. People say, I don't have any money. I'll, I'll say, can we investigate that? Sure. How much is in your checking? Oh, there's about 600 in there. How much is in savings? Oh, I only have hundred in there. How much do you have in your credit cards? Oh, they're maxed. Um, how much do you have in things you could sell in your house? Oh, well, if I sold, you know, did this. As we start investigating, having no money is not true. It's, it's rarely, rarely true that there is zero anywhere, that, that you have no belongings, you're standing on the street, no belongings, no way of having money, no one to ask to borrow it from, no source whatsoever of money. That is pretty much a lie for every, every human and that needs money for an exchange of goods. You've got something you can, in that moment, sell, go do that in that moment could have money for you. But we keep saying it. And we keep saying, I, didn't, I haven't made any money. I don't have any money. Well, you don't make money anyway. You don't earn it. It drops in and you have it all over the place. Where are you ignoring that you have it? It's rules that you've made up that equal zero. Rules. Oh, I only say I have it when I'm making a profit, or I only say I have it if this happens, or I only say I'm healthy when I weigh this amount of weight, or I'm wearing this size clothes, or I'm, you know, I have a partner that we're in a great relationship and I'm happy all the time. You know, these, these kind of rules that we're making up are literally keeping us from seeing what's right in front of us. So the reality of your recreation. And then it's kind of like the piece of this is enjoy the recreation of your reality. You created it once. When it manifests, you're kind of recreating it in front of you, right? Well, what is recreation? It's recreation. And what does recreation mean? If it's a recreational area, you go there to have fun. 
You go there to enjoy yourself. You go there to relax and play and love and appreciate. Recreation is not, we, none of us perceive recreation as meaning something lacking. It's full abundance. What do you do for recreation? What do you do for fun? Well, that is your recreation of what you want. So when you look at that word in that way, that is the whole point. So four things you can do when you kind of want to begin to really looking at how what's happened in the past is running your now. Number one, release and retrain. Number two, rewash and rewrite. Number three, regenerate and renew. Number four, on the reality of your recreation. And I hope for you that you will begin more and more to lock in the reality that your life is full of recreation. Till next time, this is Darla Delane.